Sorry I'm late. Story of my life. This is Extra Sauce on the Side. I'm here with my friends Alexis and Tasha from One Cocktail at a Time. The number, not the word. And <laughs> um, I'm really excited because we've, we have kind of a similar vision, vi- vision, hmm, vision and mission, new word, um, <laughs> with the way that we run, with, with the way that we run our organizations, um, where our goal is to just talk about the things that you might be a little bit uncomfortable to talk about on a normal basis. So um, let's start with just a little bit of background, maybe go one at a time and talk about what led you to this point in your life, whether it's your career or your personal lives. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about how you guys met and what the mission of one cocktail at a time is. Okay. 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 Well, I'll start off. Um, I'm Tasha Jackson. I'm the co-founder of one cocktail at a time. And um, I'm born and raised in um, Dayton, Ohio. So I'm, I consider myself this Midwest chick. And that's kind of like my hashtag on my social media. Um, So basically, um, I arrived in Grand Rapids probably six six years ago or seven years ago. Um, When I first moved here, I was like, I told my husband, where have you moved me to? Grand Rapids. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Everybody has their own little posse, their bubble. You know, I'm like, I'm an outsider trying to get in, you know. And um, it was a little struggle for me. Um, being a woman of color, being not from Grand Rapids, I was struggling for a little bit. For a little bit. And um, it was getting kind of frustrating. And my husband was like, you know, I'm so sorry, but, you know, hey, this is Grand Rapids. You know, this is how it is. And um, eventually I joined this um, book club. And from the book club, I meet Alexis Boyden. <laughs> And um, something started, a friendship started. Um, we started hanging out, having cocktails, one cocktail at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really led into something. We had, um, we did a lot of dialogue, a lot of chatting, um, just um, comparing things, our thoughts, our views. And it just blossomed into something really cool, really special. So that's a little bit about it. So Alexis, do you want to kind of? take it from there yeah there's so much but um, <laughs> what was your initial question was to start with a little bit of our own background and yeah. then go in and how okay. you guys met yeah okay so yeah obviously we did we met at a book club mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um i'm um, initially actually from detroit so i am a michigander um, <laughs> i've lived kind of all over um left detroit in like 97 96 i don't, moved to new york city met my husband there well, who would become my husband. Um, and then we moved to Chicago and lived in Chicago for seven years. And I became a teacher while we were living in Chicago and we're at Chicago public schools. And then um, he is a physician. So he, he got um, his residency at U of M. So we moved to Ann Arbor and we lived in Ann Arbor for nine years and I'm working in schools and, you know, so I've always been kind of immersed in sort of the social justice sort of realm working in schools and working in you know public service um and i lived in very diverse communities so then when we moved here it's been almost seven years now um so i think tasha you've been here more like eight because i think you've been here longer than me right well I came across with, it's so much i mean i like i left out i've lived in um san antonio yeah. texas chicago i've lived in detroit i've been around so um uh, I think it's probably, yeah, across, we came from across was in fourth grade and he's a junior now. So oh yeah, I got a little more time on it. Yeah. yeah. So we, we moved here about seven years ago and I first landed, we, moved, we lived in East Grand Rapids and mm-hmm. um, it's a very white community. And I was just feeling like, so that was just my life, right? My kids went to East mm-hmm. at the time. We since have moved um, and they changed schools and things like that. But um, to find a better fit for us, but I just felt very isolated there. I had a couple of friends who were a little different, but most everybody I was in contact every day was just, you know, just 
white and I wasn't used to that. You know, I lived in large cities and I had diverse friend groups and I worked with people of all races, you know, ethnicities, um, socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, I wasn't used to this being like sort of uh, forced into the segregated kind of community. And so when I met Tasha, I was kind of like ripe for um, like, Get, getting more in my life you know and I, I remember there was this one time that my husband and I were on like a date night and we were driving back from downtown to our house and it was just like you know I just really miss having people of color in my life mm-hmm. you know and he's like I know exactly I was like so nervous to tell him that. <laughs> you know? and he's like I know I feel the same way you know and so mm-hmm. that sort of put me on a journey so then I met Tasha shortly after that like sort of uh externalizing those feelings that I was having and um we met and we the book that we were discussing the night we met was Americana mm-hmm. um, which, so, so ironic so yeah. ironic <laughs> we had a lot of race discussion Amer- I don't have you read the book Americana no I Sam? haven't but I should sounds like I should if it generates uh, yeah that put number. that on there to do it yeah Put that on it to do it. Let me add it. <laughs> <laughs> so that book talks a lot about um, racial conflict, even intra-racial conflict and conflict mm-hmm. between African and African-American. And, you know, all of the things are in there. And so there's just a lot of really good conversation. And so, yeah, and after that night, we just we both like, Tasha's more a spirits gal and I'm more like a pathologist. So, we, we, you know, that's when we started going out for drinks and stuff together. And we're like, mm-hmm. we, need, we need to grow this, you know, like mm-hmm. we're going to be having these experiences. And as we talked to our friends, they're like, yeah, I really would, I would love to have more richer experiences too and have mm-hmm. friendships with people who aren't just like me. But I don't know, you know, it's so segregated here in every way, even yeah. economically and business mm-hmm. and everything that, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, overlap. So mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. Let's make it fun. Yeah. So I have actually grown up here my whole life. So I mm-hmm. didn't know how segregated it was until I started um, looking into starting my own business and realizing that it was really mm-hmm. hard for me to get black clients because it's in both arenas. There's this mm-hmm. like pocket of people that you get connected with and then you start to grow and those two pockets of people aren't connected to each other so it's not like once you start um working in photography say in the white Mm -hmm. community you're also going to grow in the black community you have to make a conscious effort in grand rapids to do that and i think it's really cool Mm -hmm. that you guys bring perspective from other bigger cities where segregation isn't as prevalent because you mm-hmm. see that there's something wrong here. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. who've grown up here don't think there's anything wrong with the city. And and mm-hmm. just the exposure that I've had in the past few years has really mm-hmm. opened my eyes to how much people aren't interacting with each other. And some of the most enriching relationships in my life are with people who have completely different experiences than I do. And sadly, in Grand Rapids, the Black experience is very different than the white experience. So, um, yeah. I, I'm kind of wondering, Tasha, were there other people of color in the book club that you were in, or were you like the token? Token. You were the token. Oh, it's token. But hey, let me let me kind of uh, backtrack a little bit when you were talking about coming from different places. Yeah. So literally, I was coming from San Antonio, Texas. From San Antonio, Texas, I moved to Grand Rapids. So my experience in San Antonio was totally opposite. So I'm getting all the love, all the you know, people um, are so open and embracing. And I mean, I just, I had a really good plethora of color friends, all different backgrounds. And then I come to Grand Rapids and I'm like, what the hell? You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I mean, everything is, you know, blacks are over here and the whites are in EGR. You know, you got people, it's this, it was just a total 180 for me 360 I just I just couldn't believe it so yeah yeah here you have to be intentional Mm -hmm. in building relationships with people who don't look like you yeah Um, Mm -hmm. where in other places I've lived you didn't Mm -hmm. it's not that segregation doesn't exist everywhere else you know sure sure does but Mm -hmm. I think you can find more diverse places you know like where Mm -hmm. where you don't have to work so hard to meet people who are different from you. You have to like mm-hmm. work at it here. 
And I, I don't know, <laughs> Tasha has yeah. a different, unique or even different experience to it, being a black woman and living in a white community. I mean, that's got to be a different, a different type of isolation too. Oh, absolutely, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think, Tasha, that there's been a struggle with you to also connect with the black community because you live in a white community? Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and how did how absolutely. have you um, like worked on going around that? Because I think we could all learn. I mean, obviously, I'm as white as white can be, but I think um, <laughs> I think that we can all learn a little bit, even from the way that people of color interact with each other. I know there's there's segregation even within the the people of color in Grand Rapids. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. And it is. I would love so to kind of. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so what kind of led me into <laughs> meeting people of my own color? It's sad. You know, I went to a, um, as a black woman, I had to find a hairstylist, obviously. So I find this black hairstylist. I'm going to give a shout out to Jerry White at Reflections. Okay. And um, where'd you go? Where'd she go? We lost her. <laughs> She'll be back. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Yeah, she's back. She's ready. She's ready to go. <laughs> so I'm sorry about that, you guys. Technology, no, right? You're talking about so, Jerry, though. You So I had to um, find a stylist, and um, it was Jerry White at Reflections. And we were talking. I told him how I was new to the area. I hadn't met anyone. And he was like, you know what? I have someone I think you should meet. And I go, really? And he introduces me to a dear friend. I mean, we're just we're really cool. and. Her name is Tasha, and her name is Tasha also. And Tasha um, and I met for um, coffee, and we went to Jew Sushi. I never forget. Um, we had a really good chit chat and talk. And Tasha's kind of led me into more of the Black community, as far as like you know, fraternities, sororities, different things that are going on into the Black community. So she was kind of my lifeline to get me into the community, into the Black community. Yeah. And I have like had similar experiences with with Jonathan Jelks, where he has introduced Mm -hmm. me to the black business community. And I'm forever Mm -hmm. grateful for him. He's the reason this podcast exists, because he thinks it's hilarious that I just say whatever I want to say. So, And I have always been um, and I don't know if it's because I was kind of on the outskirts of white community. I got bullied a lot growing up, but I have always been easier connected to people of color than people of my own race just because I am so straightforward I think it's because I'm so straightforward I think people Mm -hmm. of color are think it's really refreshing for me to just ask the question that I need to ask instead of pretending Mm -hmm. or my biggest pet peeve is when people try to talk ghetto as white people Mm -hmm. and I think that's really insulting but people do it it all the time I am amazed at Mm -hmm. how many white friends I have who change the way they speak when they're around people of color. And I, and I also want to talk with you, Tasha, a little bit about, about Mm -hmm. that too, of like, how, how irritating is that? Like, is there, are there, (laughs) are there certain things that like really are triggering? I mean, you can, Hey, let's, let's just keep it real. You can be down with the Brown folks, white folks, but you don't have to, you don't have to use our language or our verbiage to let us know that you're down. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. And yeah. if anything, yeah. it makes me being, me being embracing my whiteness has created an opportunity for humor in my relationships with mm-hmm. people of color, because they are different mm-hmm. cultures at the core, right? Especially in Grand yeah. Rapids. Yeah. We grew up in different mm-hmm. cultures and I mm-hmm. love learning mm-hmm. about that and don't find it intimidating to look a little bit stupid if I have to. And there are a lot of people that no, not at all. there are a lot of people that and it's, are not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's funny, um, sometimes in the in the black community, you know, people will be around my son and say, oh, he talks so proper. Yeah. I'm like, no, he, he just uses proper English. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> But you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, well, and I've seen my my friends of color, like, turn it on and off, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I I have friends who are pretty prominent in both black and white culture and are business owners, and you can tell when they feel like they can be themselves and when they feel like they have to put on their white voice, you know? So Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. goal is to allow everyone to just be themselves. Ask the questions that you need to ask. If you're confused about something, ask it. If if you offend mm-hmm. someone, let's talk about that more. 
because mm-hmm. the only way we get mm-hmm. better is if we talk about those things. And I think that's the oh, heart yeah. behind your mission too, is to create those conversations where someone can feel comfortable enough to say, hey, yeah. what what does it mean when someone says gang shit? You know, like I didn't Jonathan had yeah. to teach me that that didn't mean actual gangs. Like I didn't know that. And and you have to have people in your life who you can say, hey, I really don't understand this in all aspects of life and be able to yeah. learn from them. You know, mm-hmm. 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 absolutely. And it also, I just want to say, too, is like this being a woman of color and being around certain white white people, you can tell certain ones that are, you're like comfortable with you. And then you can see some that are like, hey, you know, I'm not feeling you. And, and that's fine. And that's yeah. okay. But it's just, um, it's this, it's this crazy. This whole thing of race is this, it's this crazy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things you're, picking up on too, Sam, is like white Protestant culture is very, very like um, repressed kind of, and, you know, you don't ask questions or it's like this, like, you know, this thing that we're just not allowed to be emotive or expressive or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's very very defining. And I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel that in myself sometimes and I feel like I don't know that I let myself be restricted though at the same time, but I feel I feel like I can give that, you know, I don't know. I, you can you can see me right now. So like I kind of give that or probably emote some of that whiteness about me, but I I still think that when I've had in my relationships with people of color, mm-hmm. the ability to just just treat people as people first and recognize celebrate differences in a way and recognize them too and not not Mm -hmm. or that they're there you know um like the whole notion of being colorblind you know like I you know I don't see color right well then Mm -hmm. you're not really seeing the other person right so there's just so many things around what what you were referring to even with the protestant stuff like being Mm -hmm. afraid to be wrong like yeah I am appalled at how many people will just not admit that they were wrong about something. And I think, and Mm -hmm. Tasha, I'd love your perspective too on, on Mm -hmm. racists, because I am a firm believer that a lot of racism comes from not experiencing other cultures. And. Oh, absolutely. There, I mean, it's some people have never been around um, black people or, or many other, um, uh culture you know of people of color i mean this thing all all white people see or like what they show them on tv yeah it's what they see what they think you know this person is supposed to act like or be like you know what i mean yeah and i am curious what you think about the mm-hmm. ability of of races to change because a lot of um it's hey it's dark you got yeah starts with the white stuff. yeah and i am Start a, to do that. and i think tasha is on the same page as me mm-hmm. where we're firm believers that we're we're actively advocating for the black community in Grand Rapids and at large. And I don't say that lightly. Like I'll probably get in trouble by the woke police for saying that, but I'm going to say it anyways, because, because I do, I actively seek out relationships and in Grand Rapids, you have to, you can, it doesn't just naturally happen. You, you don't naturally start doing businesses with black business, business owners. Like you have to go out of your way and like make an effort to say, I want to help you because They've been burned so many times by white people in Grand Rapids, by the leadership here. Our um, goals would be long term. Obviously, we're just starting out in COVID. Mm -hmm. Put a little damper on us because we're a little. little. But um, was we talked about you know Mm -hmm. bringing people together and breaking down barriers one cocktail at a time or mocktail at a time um, Mm -hmm. is like a way to. can be used also if we've done our job well and doing that and creating these experiential events for people in different pockets of the city, then, then we could see some of that change and shift happen in the, the business community, yeah. right? Where mm-hmm. if you're a black business owner, your clients can be of any walk of life, right? And same for being a white business owner. So they, because like you're saying, like there's this divide, like you don't frequent this business because it's not for me. Yeah. Right. Which is, 
silly. <laughs> so, so um, let me ask you this, Sam. So why are you, um, give me some background on you. Like, why are you so, like, I know you said a couple of things earlier. So what's the thing with you being comfortable with, with the brown folks? Um, I really, well, first of all, um, I didn't really interact with brown folks until college, probably. And I am the first yeah. to admit that. Um, I grew up in a Bible church with all white people. There were a couple black families, but it wasn't like there was no culture there. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even probably have said some very racist things in my past that I didn't know were racist. If I'm being honest, like that's the white experience, right. Is, Mm -hmm. is not Mm -hmm. knowing what you're saying until someone tells you. And, um, I went to college and my, um, my roommate was a tutor for the football team. And so I met a lot of black men through her and they were really open to talking about the things that I was curious about, like cultural differences. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was just interesting to learn. And a lot of that came from being isolated myself as a kid and understanding that you get rejected for silly reasons, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and sad that I had to be on the outskirts of the community to, to embrace that connection. But really it led me to realize that people are people and all of our experiences are valuable. And I've always been fascinated by difference. So part of this podcast is that, right, is Mm -hmm, understanding mm -hmm. the different human experience for every person and wanting to get to know people on a deeper level. And I've always had that in me. So so Mm -hmm. reaching out to people of color was a really cool way to learn about the world that I wasn't exposed to as a kid. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously it led to having really fun interactions, building friendships, all the things and realizing Mm -hmm. that the the culture of the black community is more me <laughs> it's it's community focused it's there's there are elements to black culture that we just don't have in white culture it's a lot more like um collaborative than than white culture has been in the past and i was really drawn to that mm-hmm. okay i'd say the same uh i feel that way too sam a lot I, and maybe when you just feel like you're a little different and you think different, you know, you're more open to difference yeah. in a way. Um, okay. um, but I do think that I, something the African-American culture itself and, and the spirit and the way that people interact and in, in that community is just, it's more, it's more, it's very refreshing for yeah. us white Protestant folks, right? <laughs> yeah. It's much more like, honest and open and like humor yeah humor plays a bigger role and yeah yeah I if really you say something wrong they just laugh at you and tell you why you're wrong instead of going and telling <laughs> everyone around you that you're a piece of shit without right. you knowing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more like what you see is what you get yeah. and none of this like backstabbing mm-hmm. behavior mm-hmm. I mean, not, I mean, people are people no matter what, but, and we're making generalizations, yeah. but I mean, it makes the same similar, gen- I mean, I made generalizations about my whiteness. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> some things are, you know, can be generalized to some degree. Mm-hmm. Tasha, mm-hmm. I want to hear your reaction to that. Is there things in that progression that are problematic? I would love to hear mm-hmm. your feedback on, on that honestly, because I never know when mm-hmm. I'm being problematic. So if there is anything, let me know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you're not. No, no. <laughs> let me, let me think of that, about that. I don't know. I just, you know, I just want people to be real. You know, hey, if you're a racist, you don't like, well, you don't like me, then you, then you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't like, have to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, claim it. You know, I think I'd rather know. I was having a conversation with my husband about that. I was like, you know, he's like, hey, I'd rather know. If you feel that way about me, then great. You know? Yeah. If you're a racist, you're a bigot, whatever. You know? Yeah. At least, you know, I know. I know. Yeah. So. so my question, too, is do you think people like that can change? I hope they could. I hope they could. 
Alexis, what do you think? You think they can change? I I think that anybody who um is ready to make a change can change. Mm-hmm. I don't think change for most people happens quickly or overnight, but sometimes mm-hmm. one experience can totally alter your whole worldview. I mean, mm-hmm. I yes. do, and I actually have listened to podcasts. I guess I listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> of, of like stories of like former neo-nazis who have like taken me 360s and now are mm-hmm. advocating for civil rights you know so i mean there are examples of that shift mm-hmm. change in heart and i think that is kind of obviously when you sign up to come to a one cocktail at a time experience mm-hmm. you're already kind of a foot in the door at the very least. Right. Yeah. You're interested. Yeah. You're, 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 interested. you're willing. Coming. You're willing to try. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have um, to expose yourself. You just have to expose But maybe, it's, you know, be nice that as, mm-hmm. as we grow, if people bring someone along with them that maybe don't have their foot in the door and just be like, <laughs> oh, you need this. Yeah. You know, maybe they'll put, maybe they'll put a, a pinky toe in. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then they, they will see other white people who, who have, changed or grown mm-hmm. or because that's the thing mm-hmm. is there's this this societal pressure on black people and black women especially because black women communicate mm-hmm. in a way that is impactful and maybe that's mm-hmm. too much of a generalization so tell me if I'm wrong Tasha but there's been this pressure for them no, to no. we've always carried we've always carried you know our, it's always been on our shoulders yeah. in my opinion as a black woman there's this yeah, pressure for black women to convert people right like to to be the person who talks Mm -hmm. straight to someone until they figure it out and us as white people and white women in particular have put that on them right and we need to take that back and understand that we can bring our friends to events like one cocktail all the time and educate them and expose Mm -hmm. them to people of color in a way that they never would before without the pressure of here, have coffee with this person you've never met before. And they're going to convert you from a racist to a good person. Like that, that doesn't work. Yeah. We we know that. Yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. why I think having you on the podcast, Tasha and you too, Alexis, to talk about, the the collaboration is is really valuable because it gives people an opportunity to hear your perspectives without putting the pressure on you to convert them you know like we're not here for that (laughs) i've gone through um a lot of training myself on anti-racism and things like it's so one of the most powerful training programs i went through and i'm actually doing a refresher course right now was courageous conversations about race Um, it's out of the West Coast, but they did a they do a lot of facilitation in schools, but also in businesses too. But mm-hmm. their whole beginning is about looking within. So you always you start their program with creating your own racial autobiography. Oh, wow. And of course, you know that people who are taking this are of all races. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just white folks taking this class. Mm-hmm. They're working mm-hmm. in the school. It's just it's you know who's working. So or you're selected to be part of this team that goes to the training, which, but, and then you bring it back to the rest of the staff. But the first step is creating your own autobiography, really looking at the roots of your upbringing. Like you were talking about Sam growing up in a white community and just mm-hmm. culture and not being exposed at all. Mm-hmm. And where your first real recognition of race, like when did you know there was such a yeah. thing, you know, and mm-hmm. that happens for everybody, no matter what race you are. There is mm-hmm. or these times or these sets of experiences that you can point to, if you really think about it, that have shaped mm-hmm. who you become. And that through that work, you can sort of dissect and break mm-hmm. down what you learned and unlearn it. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. in some cases, it might be necessary, you know, knowing what you know now about the world through you know, learning kind of a mm-hmm. world. And, Mm-hmm. so I don't I just that whole process is just it's very individual yeah. and it is when you start with that like heart to heart piece you mm-hmm. can't really go wrong right like it doesn't become antagonistic because you're really looking just at yourself yeah. or you're just listening to somebody mm-hmm. else's truth right like mm-hmm. listen to theirs to, to each other's stories <clears throat> everybody's story is valid 
Yeah. Right. Well, it's mm-hmm. your and like so, I listened to a podcast NPR segment one time that talked about um, how odd it was that the world has shifted their opinions on gay marriage so quickly. And mm-hmm. I think the reason and they talked about the reason that it was so much easy, so much easier is because a lot of people have a gay person in their family. Right. So someone right. who is mm-hmm. someone they've loved and grown up with and known. And so it makes the shift easier because their love just shifts their ideology of what love is right with race Mm -hmm. it's not that easy you have to you have to see those stories from someone else's perspective and if you don't have the opportunity to do that it's much harder to shift so it's a lot slower moving Mm -hmm. right yeah 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 let's actually let's take a break we'll talk about we'll talk about what's coming up next and then um yeah we'll see talk about your event and what a little bit your events look like and what your mission for one cocktail at a time is so are we back we're back so do you want to hear about our um our event coming up. Oh, yeah. I sure do. I want to hear all about what you guys have coming up mm-hmm. and then really what your vision for the year, the future, expansion, mm-hmm. you know, taking over the world, how that goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what you want to tell them about it. Well, I guess that what when we were just talking mm-hmm. about listening to each other's stories and things, mm-hmm. it made me think, well, that's perfect because our Unmute March is featuring a storyteller who will be telling her story about growing up biracial in the Muskegon area. Mm-hmm. So she's a West Michigan um, native, you know, she lives in Ann Arbor now. That's how I know, know her from, uh, from, we used to work together on the front lines in a high school mm-hmm. together. So um, mm-hmm. we got pretty close there and I asked her if she would be willing to tell it. She's a award-winning storyteller as well. And mm-hmm. so I, yeah. Master she would tell a story for us. So I'm excited about that. And so that'll be your sort of experience, if you will, for mm-hmm. the um, and the chance to learn about, you know, someone hear somebody else's story and learn from another perspective person's perspective on things. Well, in Muskegon too is like Grand Rapids on steroids when it comes to segregation. Mm-hmm. It's like because oh, yeah. you have <laughs> Muskegon Heights mm-hmm. where there's low income, um, really struggling school district there and then you have norton shores which is like the richest of the rich living on the beach you know so there's there's a lot of not just race but class difference there where Mm -hmm. where in grand rapids it's all kind of like one street next to another in muskegon it's like really rich and really poor right next to each other so that'll be an interesting perspective to hear her Mm -hmm. ideas yeah yeah and then we have um my woke White friend Sean G. <laughs> we <laughs> like Sean. <laughs> I did I too. I he was so down. I met him at Richard's Union, and I was like, "This guy is woke." You know, he's sitting here talking bourbon to this black girl, having you know talking shit and having a good time. And I was like, "We just you know we kept in touch. We started following each other on Instagram and having conversations." And when Alexis and I uh, came up with this event, I was like. He's a, he's a guy. He's, you know, he's got to make us a, a really cool cocktail. Well, we're he's incredible. About? He, um, he's mm-hmm. the person I call when I need styled cocktails for a shoot. So it's really okay. funny that you guys picked him because he and I are pretty good friends. So it was really fun to hear that he is working with you guys because I like you and I like him and mm-hmm. it's fun to see him doing more in the community, which I know he has a passion for. So, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So I just think the collabo of those two together is just going to be really cool really cool yeah so we're planning to like start with um you know learn, we're going to push out the ingredients for the cocktail very soon so if you want to make it along with sean as he gets sort of cocktail lesson yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. he gave me a hand it's bourbon it's my favorite yeah of course he gave me a hand, bourbon yes tasha's always out there like being the only black person at the bar drinking bourbon because yeah, she's yeah. hey can you imagine i'm can you imagine i'm at um one bourbon at a cocktail <laughs> and i'm the only black girl to all these older white gentlemen they're like welcome 
Yeah, because you're cool. <laughs> and you know what? You you pursuing that passion and not being afraid of that is super. Oh no, I'm not. Yeah, welcome but, to the hey, welcome to the party. I'm the party. Yeah. Welcome to the party. You know. Well, and yeah. you may be for those old white men the only <laughs> black person they've ever had a real conversation with. And I mm-hmm. props to you for being willing to put yourself Ooh. in that situation. It's all good. It's all good, girl. It's all good. You know, you can break down a lot of barriers. Because I'm intimidated by old white men, so I don't. Oh, they're fine. Once they drink the bourbon, they're fine. Exactly. One cocktail at a time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna start with the story and then have the start with the cocktail. You okay. know, you gotta get you gotta get lubed up a little bit. And then, or mocktail, or mocktail now. Yeah, have have mocktail. choice of words. But if you're like me and think you're pregnant every day, even though you're not, mocktails it is. <laughs> and you know we'll have we always will like have mm-hmm. a cocktail option for the sober curious or those who, do, who don't drink for whatever reason so we'll yeah. always, um, talk about that a bit um and then mm-hmm. we'll switch gears and move into our speaker storyteller for the evening and we're planning to have after that some breakout rooms so you can mingle with people. Yeah, yeah. And just an hour. Just an hour of your time. Just an hour of time. Fills up with a toast together as mm-hmm. a whole group again. And um, yeah, one hour, mm-hmm. virtual happy hour. You can't go wrong for 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks. <laughs> and you can make new friends for the first time in a year because hey, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. So exactly. That's it. Maybe no. the breakout rooms were a little intimidating to me at first, and then I realized I've mm-hmm. been in Clubhouse a lot, and I've made a lot of really valuable friendships from things like that. So, oh, if you cool. are looking for a no strings attached opportunity to talk to some new people, it's ten dollars and a good story, and then you get to make new friends. So why not? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it is what you said. Like people are longing to get out and like talk to strangers. You know, like. Yeah. To, you know go somewhere mm-hmm. because now you go somewhere you can't you can only be with who you're with right yeah if you mm-hmm. even go which I really just don't go anywhere you know <laughs> <laughs> and, for the, and we're getting zoom weary right though yeah yeah uh, so that's why we just wanted to keep it short and sweet and give that experience so that it's early enough in the evening too if people are going out with their buddies or whatever to go have dinner they still there's still plenty you know it's six o'clock yeah. You know, well, but, and then that allows that conversation to even expand more, right? Yeah, like, right. Oh, bring, yeah. bring what you did yeah. earlier in the night to your friend group, which is how real change happens. Hint, yeah, hint. yeah. Spread that knowledge. Spread that love. So yeah, we were just we were contemplating recently, like, what are we going to do? This COVID's not ending, and we've done these hybrid events, as you know, Sam, because you yeah. have a photo shoot for our last one, and they're just not the same thing, and they just weren't you know, doing what we wanted. We're like, let's just do, let's just do the virtual event. We can do it. Yeah. We'll see how and it goes. if it doesn't work, then you won't do it again. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> hopefully it'll be the last time we'll have to do something in a virtual environment. Hopefully I'm, yeah. My fall, we'll be able to start having small events again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little mixers would be like the best thing ever. I know. I miss oh. talking to people who I don't talk to all the time. No offense <laughs> or anything, but yeah. <laughs> it's no, a little... It's a little exhausting, like mm-hmm. as an extrovert, not getting new perspectives all the time. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. the podcast has helped a little bit, but strangers are a little scared of me. So unless I'm in person. <laughs> You're right. The breakout rooms can be intimidating. I've been doing um, some training, doing the WimCat 2020. Uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I've been doing that. And so they have breakout rooms. So once you've done it, then you're like, oh, this is no big deal. Right? Yeah. But, when you're just in the abstract thing about it, like I'm going to be, and I'm not, we're not even in person. So it's even, but it's actually more comfortable than being in person in a breakout room. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, because you don't have to wear pants and no one it's will know. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. There are many days oh, where I just dress from the waist up. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, okay, so so the vision of one cocktail at a time is to eventually do in person events. Are you are you wanting mm-hmm. to keep it relatively small, or are you thinking you're going to like meet up at local businesses? How do you think the structure of that is going to look if we're allowed to do it? Um, I think each different event will have a different 
vibe, platform, um, goal, vision. You know, it may be something very small and intimate. Then we may just have a really big one, a big event. Just different. It's different experiences. Okay. Mm-hmm. We really yeah. do like having something creative mm-hmm. at the center. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll probably see us doing lots of events where we'll have even like live art or mm-hmm. music, music. Yeah. a storyteller, which is a creative mm-hmm. process too. And, you know, mm-hmm. things like that of that nature. Mm-hmm. We could collaborate again with Dinner Club. I really like the whole, the, the breaking bread and having drinks mm-hmm. together is like, yeah. You know, Right. She loves yeah. to feature like the actual chefs too, which have their own mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah. One, the event that we, the Mediterranean event that you guys held was really cool to just learn about Mediterranean culture, which is one of those Correct. cultures that nobody really talks about. Like mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. love to expand it. Just the fact that you're willing to expand it beyond just black and white. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Not just mm-hmm. black and white is a huge generalization, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there are other cultures out there in the world that people don't talk about. And I think, oh, absolutely. yeah, I think the more we talk about all of the cultures, the less it'll be a conversation of black versus white, and it'll be a conversation of everyone has a valuable perspective. And I think mm-hmm. that's the shift we're all going towards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we. I, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was. Once we can get out in the community, we, um, you know, we really want to um, let every everyone know what one cocktail at a time is about. What we're, you know, what we want to do. Um, it's just, you know, COVID has been a little stinker. So, <laughs> I mean, if we're dreaming big, um, which we have dreamed big, um, mm-hmm. so eventually it would be great that this could be something that expands into other cities and yeah. help break down barriers. Mm-hmm. You know. Do yeah. we get where we're at, you know? Yeah. That would be like the big dream, right? To mm-hmm. go yeah. around the country hosting yeah. us. And- yeah, I would like to um eventually like maybe, you know, do something, a collabo with 40 acres. 40 acres if you're out there listening. Yeah. You know, yes. we, love we, that. We're really allowed to talk to you. Well, well, I know, not to brag or anything, but I know people who know people. I'll get you connected with them because <laughs> they would they honestly would love to work with you, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. I'll, um, Jonathan knows their owner. They're actually in business together for other things. Mm-hmm. So oh, I will, cool. I'll get you guys yeah. connected with them. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> A little example of how Grand Rapids works. My I friends. Know. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what I have to say? I think, you know, part of the problem here around, mm-hmm. you know, people feeling separated from each other is that mm-hmm. and it isn't necessarily, pro- I mean, it's, it's the way this town, it's a small town, right? Yeah. It's also part of what's magical about it, right? Is mm-hmm. like literally a half a degree of separation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I started literally. my business only a little bit over a year ago and, and oh, I've yeah. lived here my whole life and wasn't connected to anyone until then. So I think a lot of times people think that I've been established for a long time. I haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just decided to go and ask people if they knew other people and then it grows really quickly. And that's the beauty of Grand Rapids is you can do that really mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. It is. I mean, yes and no, right? Mm-hmm. I, um, it can also be very isolating and hard to break in. Yeah. I agree with that. Yes, mm-hmm. I I don't know very many people who are from here. Yeah, very fast. You know, I don't mm-hmm. just. I mean, I know you, but you yeah. know, I, there <laughs> are people I know that are from here. But mm-hmm. most of the people that I that I talk to on a regular basis are not from here. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're more interested in interacting, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. they have to figure. So there, I think that's just a symptomatic of being mm-hmm. a, a small town that has grown a bit quickly. Mm-hmm. And so there's still some of this sort of like small town kind of culture, yeah. if you will. And then, you know, there's the other pieces too. It, there's definitely like an urbanness to Grand Rapids, you know, mm-hmm. has all the urban problems, you know, yeah. on a smaller scale compared mm-hmm. to a larger city, but it has all those same it's a fascinating place in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, it's um, it is. It's like a little like petri dish of of culture exploration of like it being a small enough city where you can see the whole thing at once, mm-hmm. but it also being big enough that like the things you do can make an impact, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Yeah. I really like, I always liked, um, was like the teacher who liked to work in the neighborhood I lived in. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much did my whole academic, like teaching career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just liked that. I could be, you know, the family down the street with my students, you know, I don't, I, or going to the grocery store and running into families and parents and students that you work with every day at school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Some people don't like that kind of close. <clears throat> They would like more anonymity, but I kind of like the, if you have, if there's too much anonymity, there's no accountability. Yeah. That's a whole nother topic we could talk about. Yeah. That's how that's changing. But. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So no. sorry if oh, you yeah. ever said anything offensive ever in your life, because <laughs> AKA, let's start the countdown till I get just blown out of the water for Mm-hmm. making a bad mm-hmm. joke or something one yeah. time because i'm sure I, there's know, something out there it, grand rapids has grown on me because you know when i first moved here i was just like oh my god where am i at but it has grown on me <laughs> <laughs> you know i've made the city into what i want it to be you know if yeah. I, i'm gonna put myself out here i'm gonna meet all different kind of people i'm gonna do things because if not i'll just be sitting in the house you know i'm yeah. like i'm gonna put myself out there if i'm the only black girl if only woman of color black woman whatever you want to call it at a bourbon event, hey, so be it. You know, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing doing me. You know, I think of that as an opportunity, honestly, because that's the way my mm-hmm. brain works, right? Like, yeah. you get to be a voice in that community that is so unique that it's extra valuable. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to being in the in the book club. You know, the only yeah. black woman in the book club. You know, I'm not going to go because oh, it's no one else there that looks like me. Screw that. I'm going well, to go. But that's also where our conversations began. Um, yeah. Why is she the only one in the room, right? Yeah. That's why right. That's our slogan, to never be mm-hmm. the only one in the room. Yeah. So that we could break down barriers enough. Yeah. That's our vision, right? In the mm-hmm. city, you could show up to an event or a location event, whatever sort, a bar, a restaurant, mm-hmm. a, a whatever you want to go to, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not be afraid that you won't, you know, be the, you'll yeah. be the only one in the room. I mean, there are definitely spaces that white people don't feel like they want to go to, right? I have spaces where my friends have chosen not to invite me because I'm white. Like, that happens too. We don't talk about this often, but like, I I have friends who feel like an event is too black for me. And I have to advocate for myself to say, I'm going to be completely comfortable. I don't fit the mold of an uncomfortable white person like you think I do. I'm going mm-hmm. to go to this event and I want to go like, mm-hmm. and I, I think that is ingrained in the culture of Grand Rapids too, of you don't want to have to be worrying about your white friend when you're around <laughs> all of your black friends. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I don't ever want someone to feel like they have to worry about me. I can hold my own. I'll be just fine. But that's a cultural mm-hmm. shift that needs to happen too, of like, Even if you're uncomfortable, it goes both ways a little bit. Oh, oh, it definitely does. I have a, um, a girlfriend, Sarah, that um a white girl and we met at um it was east grand rapid yacht club they had a kentucky derby party mm-hmm. sure they did so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's funny um we're friends this day and our you know the story behind how we met is funny i'm you know i was there and uh, I think it ran out. Our table ran out of rosé, so I just actually just went over to the bar and grabbed the whole bottle. And I poured these two <laughs> white chicks. I poured these two white girls I never met in my life a, a glass of rosé. So your glasses are empty, and they're like, "Yeah." And I poured them a pour of that rosé, and we've been friends ever since. So you know, yeah, I met I met cool Sarah at a yacht club event. So yeah, yeah. got to put yourself out there, you know. Yeah. And and that's yeah. the thing is you have to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes yeah. to, to build those relationships. And, yeah. and that's something that black people have been experiencing since always, right? Since yeah. the end mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. end of segregation. I say that in mm-hmm. a very uh, general term. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think as white people, we need to be more proactive about putting us in situations that may make us a little uncomfortable because yeah. we're never going to learn anything if we don't. Right. We're uncomfortable all the time. Like you said, yeah. I mean, you go to events all the time and you're, you may be the only person of color in the room or, but you know, you go. Yeah. And, well, you know, being black to... in general, right. I mean, right. tell me if right. I'm wrong, but just being who you are is uncomfortable sometimes. And 
And that needs to change. And that starts with everyone being a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love me. I love being black. I love my culture. I love everything, you know, about, about being, uh, but it's just in society and then being a person that's outgoing like myself, you know, it's, um, you, you have to be very comfortable. Yeah. (laughs) You have to know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. And I I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody's like that. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah no matter what color you are or what culture you are, not everybody is mm-hmm. able to put themselves out there like that. That's it's just not their jam. Right. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just think if I never wanted to go to that book club, I know yeah. I would have never met you Alexis and we've never would have, you know, mm-hmm. built a friendship and, and came up with one cocktail at a time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's this, sometimes you have to just put yourself out there to, um, to, to, to grow to see what could happen you know yeah definitely for sure and like I just yeah. I love um more than anything both one cocktail I love our partner <laughs> because mm-hmm. we were just taught we were was it just yesterday for me or <laughs> for, I don't even know <laughs> all the days of COVID blend together but mm-hmm. uh we just like brainstorm so well together and come up with you know new ways of thinking about getting through this how are we going to keep ourselves um awareness out there mm-hmm. one cocktail at a time how are we going to keep keep relevant so we can ride out and have events in real life again yeah. so <laughs> i can't freaking wait i oh my gosh I'm but it's like fun. dying it's, yeah it's time honey it's oh time. more than time and i had covid so i know i'm not getting anyone sick so i'm like bring it on let's go let's party <laughs> But still wear your mask. You never know. Yeah, oh, I'm going to. I do. Because that's just courteous and I'm not a butthole. So I'm not going <laughs> to just not wear a mask. Okay. Yeah. I want you to wear you, you should still get vaccinated when you can. Oh, I'm going to. Because I'm not getting that again. Let me tell you. It was not fun. <laughs> I believe you. I, <laughs> I can't wait to get vaccinated personally. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm down with it. Mm. Yeah. I'm going. Okay, so I think we've covered everything. Is there okay. anything else you guys wanted to feature? Or, I mean, obviously, follow one cocktail at a time. Um, and I will tag both Tasha and Alexis's personal Instagrams, too, so you can get to know them because they're very friendly. <laughs> well, thank you for having us. I, you know, yeah. appreciate you. Uh, I do just want to say make sure you buy tickets to the event. It's on the 6th of March, and I will be there. And we will be having a great time. And if you get stuck in my breakout group, sorry, I talk too much. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) so we will include the link to buy your tickets in the show notes. And also I will put it on my Instagram, Samantha Ruth photos, and I'll probably be teasing it every day for the next week. So, uh, make sure you go buy your tickets. So thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.